Welcome to Your Strata Property, the podcast for property owners looking for reliable, accurate, and bite-sized information from an experienced and authoritative source. To access previous episodes and useful strata tips, go to www.yourstrataproperty.com.au. Hello and welcome. Amanda Farmer here, coming to you straight up before we dive into this week's podcast episode. This week I have a chat between Rena Van Oust and myself. The format may sound a little different this week. You won't hear Rena share her challenge. First up, what you'll hear is me jumping straight into my challenge. No, we're not trying to shortchange you this week. Just had some technical issues with the first part of our recording and we like to keep standards high here at YSP headquarters. So we're starting this week's chat with my challenge. You'll also hear Rena and I talk a little bit about online strata meetings. Really good timing for this chat. I have just wrapped up a webinar for women in strata where we talked about precisely that the keys to successful online strata meetings. We're going to take the recording of that webinar and give you access so that you can dig a little deeper on some of the issues that Rena and I are going to chat about in this upcoming episode. You will find the link to the replay of the Women in Strata webinar in the show notes for this podcast episode. You can always find those over at yourstrataproperty.com.au forward slash podcasts. That's where you'll find our library of podcasts. Head to this episode number 240 and we will have the link to the webinar replay there for you. If you want to learn some more handy tips and tricks for your online meetings in particular, learn from our webinar special guest Anne-Marie Wilshire of Vibrant Voices on how to use your voice more effectively online. And finally, if you are not registered for the Bylaw Bootcamp, now is the time to do it. The Bootcamp is running this week on three separate occasions, Thursday the 19th of November, Friday the 20th of November, and Sunday the 22nd of November. If you are listening to this before 8 p.m., Australian Eastern Daylight Time on Sunday, then you're not too late. You can still join us at Bootcamp. Head over to stratabootcamp.com where you can register for free and join me online to learn all about how we can use bylaws to improve our communities in 2021. I'm really looking forward to getting you all set for a brand new year in Strata. So enjoy this episode, Wins and Challenges with Rena Van Oust. Diving straight in to my challenge. My challenge for this week relates to meetings and I have received a question about holding meetings in person during a time when we're all very conscious still of social distancing and some owners, it's come to my attention, are under the belief that they cannot hold meetings in person or cannot hold large meetings in person, gather together for the purpose of an AGM, for example, that that would either be illegal or maybe unsafe. And it's causing some problems for buildings who are due to hold their AGM, need to strike levies and feel that they're not able to do that and perhaps have a a demographic that's not comfortable with a Zoom meeting or an electronic meeting. Mm. So 
I thought I'd bring this to the podcast. Of course, it's something we've spoken about many times over the last uh, six, nine months. I keep saying six months, but I think it's getting closer to nine months now um, that we've been dealing with this new world order. At least in New South Wales, I wanted to clarify that it is definitely legal to attend a venue and at the time we're recording, gather in a group of up to 300. That is the current limit in New South Wales. Could change in the couple of Mm. weeks before this goes to air. But gather in a group of up to 300 at a venue that has COVID safe practices that electronically records everybody's attendances and is able to facilitate four square metres of distance between each attendee. So large venues, I have seen RSL clubs and clubs generally doing this really well and I've attended a couple of AGMs at large clubs. Large uh, ballrooms are helpful and theatres are helpful for this. That is possible. You can meet that way. So if it is essential that you have a meeting in person, please don't feel that you are restricted from doing that. I think even our largest buildings would struggle to have more than 300 people decide to attend a meeting in person. But it's really important if you're going to have a meeting that large, I think, to shift that responsibility, if you like, over to a venue that is used to having these kinds of events and understands all of the COVID safe practices that they need to apply. Yes, I think it has been some confusion, Amanda, about that because I think there's there's a thing about the 30, I think, I can't remember, was it a public space? I think 30 was a public space, but you're right, in a probably corporate type venue that that doesn't apply and there has been some confusion I think in terms of that so so the language that's used in the legislation at the moment is uh, a corporate gathering and when you're referring those 30 people you're referring to is a restaurant booking basically so members of the public going to a venue for dinner we have a maximum at the moment in New South Wales of 30 people being able to book that but corporate gathering And of course, numbers are different for weddings and funerals, but up to 300 at the moment. And I put owners corporation. But I think also, Amanda, what about outside in a public place? I think that's also, there's a different figure for that too, as opposed to a corporate venue that's able to practice and record people and things like that. Where it is an outdoor gathering for a corporate event at a venue, the limit is still 300, but the distancing requirement reduces to two square metres. That's the difference with the outdoor event. But otherwise, the... The public gatherings just generally, so we're not talking about a corporate event, we're not talking about weddings, funerals, is 30, whether you're inside or outside, yeah. Yeah, that's where the confusion's been caused, I think, Amanda. Yep. So just thought I would put that out there. We will put the link to the relevant page on the New South Wales government website where you can check for updates to that. But good to check in. These things are changing quickly, I know, around the country. But at the moment, New South Wales, there's no reason why you can't have a meeting in person if you absolutely need to. Just make sure you've got the right venue for that meeting. Right. All right. Now, have you got a win for me this week, Rena? Yeah, so back to having electronic meetings, Amanda. Um, Many of us have been doing our AGMs by Zoom and we had a very contentious meeting recently where we use Zoom quite effectively by using the poll feature. So the reason we had to use the poll feature was to do with a special resolution. And what we found that was really helpful in terms of having people register, we actually made people register and actually 
use the polling function for every single motion rather than just for the motion relating to the special resolution because we thought if everyone started to use it then they'd be more comfortable when we got to the special resolution in terms of using it and we actually found it was such a great tool because it would give you the results straight away it actually even had um, an excel spreadsheet that tells you even the time that people voted and how they voted and i just thought in terms of owners out there and other managers perhaps that may not be aware that there is a poll function that you can use and it actually works quite well in terms of recording votes in general and it records it in real time and then you can have an export of the Excel spreadsheet which then you can keep um, on the records which is so much easier than you know using paper or even using other electronic forms where you have to sort of calculate the voting through other means so it's really a handy tool and I thought that I would just raise that Amanda for those people out there that perhaps still don't want to have a meeting in person sometimes what I find difficult with Zoom is when people leave the meeting like last night I had someone that came in late and then I couldn't see that the person was waiting to be admitted. And then I, I admitted him, which is fine. I knew what time he came. But then after he left, I think there is a function that you can, um, where you can bing when someone leaves. But if you have multiple people leaving, it does make it a bit hard, I think, for us trying to try and manage the meeting and manage mm. people on a screen. And so I think having the Zoom ability to actually record their vote. So when at least if, if they've gone and they haven't recorded their vote, then you know they've gone. And that's sort of in a way we could tell when someone had left because the last time they voted was at that particular motion. So we knew then that they'd left after that. Mm, and it is important to for the accurate calculation of special resolutions to know how many are present. Mm. Definitely. I really like that idea, Rena, of getting everybody comfortable using the poll feature by just asking them to use it for all motions, even though a motion may only be required to be resolved on an ordinary basis so that when you get to the special resolution, then everybody's used to it. It is something that many listeners would have seen me do on my webinars. I encourage people to find the chat feature and say hello to me simply for the, I love hearing from you, of course, but also (laughs) for the purpose of getting you comfortable using that chat feature because at the end we have Q&A and I want you to be able to pop your questions in there confidently and know where that chat box is. Something else that I do on webinars is... I use the poll feature and I ask a question about everybody's level of experience. Uh, For example, if I'm with strata managers or I ask, are you a strata manager? Are you a committee member? And people fill in that poll. So it's just occurring to me that that could be an idea that to get people used to the poll feature on a a casual or informal basis before the meeting starts, you could always ask, how's everybody feeling today? Here's the poll. Choose an option here just to um, have a bit of practice. Yeah, that's a great feature. idea, man. I think that's a really good suggestion. Yeah, it does give people that confidence, especially if people aren't used to using these platforms. I think it gives them more confidence. And some people actually that I've had many have never used Zoom before and they go, oh, my God, this is my first time ever using Zoom. So I think it does sort of allow people that have been fearful of using the technology to be more comfortable with it. Yeah, it's something that we talked about with Dr. Alex Morris, if you remember, Rena, in the yeah. Shared Space Summit this year, and she talked about that moment of welcoming people into a meeting, getting comfortable, having that ritual that you might otherwise have had in person but is missing from the electronic scene and being able to construct those moments and make people feel more comfortable simply using the technology and feeling like they're connecting a little bit better before the meeting even starts. Yeah, it's a great idea, Amanda, definitely. Okay, the win that I'd like to share this week relates to recycling. 
I'll put it that way. I can't reveal too much at the moment, but I have been chatting to some representatives of the Return and Earn project, which we have here in New South Wales. Have you heard about this, Rena, or seen it or participated in it, where we return our used bottles, drink bottles and cans to a facility and you get your 10 cents back from each deposit? I'm aware of a building that's actually doing not for cans but for other like polystyrene actually. I want to hear about this because I was approached to assess this from the strata perspective and give some input on how we can get more strata buildings participating in this and actually use the money from the scheme to add to capital works funds and and admin funds and have a bit of a, a side income, passive income there for owners corporations. So tell me about how it works in the building that you're thinking of, Rena. Um, we've only just taken this building over recently, Amanda, so I'm not really up to date with all, all the information. But at the moment, it's actually not cost neutral because there is a cost for the company that's actually collecting the recycling at the moment. So that cost mm-hmm. hasn't yet been covered by the returns, but eventually with some more education and the scheme is going to have a, a seminar one Sunday afternoon with like a resident forum just to let everyone know that that's happening. And yeah, the aim is to make it cost neutral and eventually hopefully make some money. But I think also it reduces the costs of waste collection because all that stuff was going into the waste as well. And people's rates are affected by that amount of waste that's also collected through council and you know, the mm. private companies that councils now use. So, um, yeah, I can give you a little bit more information. I can actually put you onto the person, Amanda, that um, has been advocating this. Yeah, I would love to hear um, from that building, Rena, and also from any other buildings who are interested in that kind of a project. I've specifically been looking at, as I said, the return and earn scheme, which is the glass bottles and the cans. And what's being suggested is not so much that we start installing machines, as you might have seen on the streets here in New South Wales, Uh, machines on common property, but there are systems similar to those that are happening in schools where there are special bins for deposit and then later collection or even bags as well. And as I understand it, for this particular scheme, there wouldn't be a cost to participate. So whether that's how it ends up rolling out or not, I'm not sure. But I think it would be a, a great way to get residents more engaged perhaps in waste management with a financial incentive there as well. A few things to be ironed out in terms of approval processes and uh, making sure that residents are actually making use of the facilities. But I have a feeling there will be uh, a more targeted project happening down the track. So it'd be good to hear from any listeners who'd be interested in being involved in that first up. Sounds interesting, man. I think the other thing to take into consideration is whether or not the building would have enough room to accommodate another bin. But I suppose if people are putting it in that return and earn bin and not in the normal recycling bin. And I suppose eventually that will um, cancel that aspect of a room out of the equation. The other thing I think about too, especially with COVID, everyone drinking more, I suppose that would be quite a good, <laughs> a good way to start because I'm sure that a lot of, you know, there's say old habits die hard. And I think sometimes since COVID started, people have been drinking a lot more at home because they don't 
you know, had to drive. And yeah. So that might be, um, yeah, you might be earning it quicker than you thought you might. <laughs> that, that's a very good point, actually. And I wonder if councils are, are seeing that too and perhaps less being deposited in their machines on the street um, unless people are very diligent about collecting. Yeah. Yes, we where I live, we have garbage rooms on each floor, very small garbage rooms served by a garbage chute. And we put our rubbish down the chute, which is awesome. And then we have a box where we put our recycling. And now that I work at home, Yes, I do hear the cleaner on a Monday, Wednesday and Friday come and empty the recycling box and some weeks it's a little louder than others. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. And, uh, yeah, there's a few apartments on this floor. It's not just me. Yeah, exactly. We can't just blame you for that. Uh, Yes, so lots of uh, innovations that we're seeing happen and I think this is just one of them that um, people are thinking a little bit more broader about how we can be working together for our zero waste future, which I know is what all the local councils across the country are aiming for and um, working. Yeah, no, definitely a great initiative, Amanda. I think that long term, I think regardless of whether um, schemes make money out of it or not, I think it's a really important initiative to try and reduce waste and encourage recycling. Yep. Excellent. Well, don't hesitate to reach out to me. You can pop a comment under this episode over at yourstrataproperty.com.au forward slash podcast and let me know if you're interested in participating in this kind of a project in the future. I think that's all we have for this week, Rena. Thank you so much. Thank you, Amanda. See you next time. Have a good week in Strata. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Your Strata Property, the podcast which consistently delivers to property owners reliable and accurate information about their strata property. You can access all the information below this episode via the show notes at www.yourstrataproperty.com.au. You can also ask questions in the comments section, which Amanda will answer in her upcoming episodes. How can Amanda help you today? today?